once more to the Inside the World of Duotone podcast, where we talk about all things kiteboarding. I'm Lewis Crathen, and it's a pleasure to look at everything from the latest R&D innovations, talking to friends of Duotone, or speaking to members of our international team. Today's guest is none other than the double world champion from Italy, Andrea Principi. Currently only 18 years old, at such a young age, the young Italian has taken the world by storm, firmly establishing himself as the leading big air rider in the world. Welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Yo, what's up, Lewis? Everything good? Stoked to be here and talk with you and really pleasure. And yeah, so stoked, man. Yeah, uh, I got really good condition in the last week here on training. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit about that, where you've been and where it's been a top place of training uh, during the course of our podcast today. But my first question for you now, and I did in our intro mention that you're two times world champion. What what does that feel like to say that you are a two times world champion at, you know, such a young age? You're only 18 right now. I imagine your first uh, world championship, you must have been. Yeah, 17. Hey, man, really stoked, you know. Uh, when I start kiting, I would never like dream to to be at 17 years old already world champion, you know. But at the uh, the the thing coming coming along, you know, uh, I train hard. Uh, I really love this sport. Uh, I put hard work, and then uh, the the title come along, you know. Also the second one, still keep keep working, keep focusing, and yeah, the the result arrive, you know. If you work hard, uh, uh, for sure something gonna arrive. And what does working hard mean to you? You know, so many sportsmen say, oh, I work hard off the water training. What what do you what do you say is your secret? What are you doing off the water to stay fit and ready for competitions physically and mentally? What, what do you do? Yeah, bro, I'm used to do like uh, a lot of gym, uh, not only for training, but just because I really like going to the gym and stay in my, my world, you know, with the, just the weight and just lifting some weight. I really love it. And then because it's really healthy, uh, give me some a lot of extra energy and power for my kite session that I really needed, you know. When get 50 knots, gets harder to grab the kite uh, and for not fly with my kite, uh, I need to yeah to get stronger. And then also I used to do like a lot of sport when I was young, like ski for many many years, rugby, um, many sports. And yeah, just now I put like uh, all my experience from all the other sport in kite surfing. And yeah, I think I I I don't know. Just I using uh, the time of the day really well, you know. I spending my time to like I I make the div- division, you know, like in the morning I gym, uh, afternoon to session kite, or maybe it's more wind in the morning. I go to session g to to session kite in the morning and then gym in the afternoon. And like this, uh, yeah, pretty the same all day, you know. Maybe one day is no wind, I go biking, swimming, uh, but all day I want to do something like sport uh, for keep me on training. That's, it's definitely something I've observed by being with you and seeing you during some of your training sessions, certainly in Mykonos in Greece. And like I said, we're going to talk a bit about that as we get into the podcast. But I, I want to say it's a very disciplined approach that you have you know when i think back to perhaps the previous generations of kiteboarders and professionals especially at the age that you're at a young man 
being, you know, I've seen you down there with your rolling, uh, your your yoga mat and, you know, you're rolling on the roller very early in the morning and taking and using your time very seriously to sort of give yourself the best chance of performing well on the water. Yeah. And, you, and you say that comes from um, lots of your previous experience with, with sport as a, as a young person. Um, I was doing like uh, for quite like three or four years, like gymnastic artist, like uh, some backflip, you know, some acrobatic. And from this, I get like uh, uh, the the thing to do stretching like a uh, whole day, you know, because before I was never stretching. I was doing other kind of sport and in some sport, you know, it's like uh, the stretching is the most important thing. But I understand that then, man, if you want to do everything well, you need everything, like uh, stretching, rest, uh, uh, training. Uh, and like this, you make circle. Then when the circle is complete, you are perfect. But if I... you miss one, uh, your circle will, will be never uh, like perfect. This is great to hear, actually, because I believe there are lots of people that will be listening to this that perhaps don't put the time into stretching and putting the time into off the water efforts you know give give me an example of how that might affect one of your big sessions let's say you don't go stretching the day before a really big wind day how would it affect one of your tricks or or anything on the water never will change but maybe bro i don't know i crash uh my leg going another side and uh maybe just on the muscle i get like something not on the bone, but on just only on the muscle. Then I have to stay stuff two weeks, and gonna I gonna be fucked, you know. I will lose two weeks of training. So my my goal is like preview this this uh, this thing that happening, this bad thing, like this. Uh, like my muscle are more flexibility. I will I don't need to rest two weeks, you know, because I get injured. And yeah, I'm previewing this a bit. Uh, you enjoy it. You enjoy the act of going stretching. Yeah. I mean, nothing changes if I'm not do gym or stretch in one day. The thing is, like, if you not do for one week, two weeks, then get get a problem, you know. But yeah, maintenance. It's all about maintenance. Yeah. Then, is yeah, I feel, bro. If I miss one thing, I not feel complete, you know. So I have just to do it. We're talking about keeping the body in good shape to be at the best, at uh, the top of the game here with. Andrea Principi, and we're talking about keeping the body safe from injury. Something else that we speak about with you, Andrea, is your use of the helmet. You're really inspiring other people to start using a helmet out on the water. And I wanted to talk to you about that and how that's come into your kiteboarding. How long have you chosen to use a helmet on the water and why do you do it? Hey bro, the helmet for me is one, like, for me, it's really important, you know. I um, I couldn't kite with a uh, strong wind without the helmet, you know. I not feel like safe because, bro. Like um, I I always say, like I was skiing a lot uh, a few years ago, like when I was young, and um, I always uh, use the helmet, you know. So for me, it's like quite normal. And in kiting, yeah, I feel that. Uh, when I was trying board off and everything, something was getting the, the board in my head. I mean, many times. So I started to use it and still now I feel really comfortable with the helmet. And then also, like, uh, uh, this winter shit happened that I took my, bo- my board in my helmet, like, so strong. 
to like uh, broke my helmet in two parts and then cut also my head. Wow. So for sure, I was without helmet. I don't know if I was here, you know. So uh, since since especially this time, I always ride my my helmet, you know, because I know that can get so dangerous without. It's great to see, actually, and I, I also did see um, the images or what you posted of the helmet during that crash, and I imagine for you, you must yeah, be naked, what... naked without it, like you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because doesn't look like, but the man is so easy to took it in the head. <laughs> it's really easy. One second you crash, bam, bar in the end. Especially with how late you were able to put the board on. I think you keep the board... The light, you never give up on being able to, it appears to be able to put the board on last second. So you're close to the yeah. board shot. Yeah, sometimes you throw the board like, I don't know, you you don't see where you throw the board and some man. You cannot image also many times I land on my board like uh, on the fins uh, and everything because, bro, I'm jumping, you know. I see that I can put it on the board. Like maybe I crash some double loop or something, then I throw it the board. And then, man, I landed on the board, bro. After that, I threw it. So, <laughs> like your, your, your worst nightmare as a kiteboarder is landing back on the board. It's we go yeah, through bro. the ocean relatively easy as kiteboarders, <laughs> but when we land on the board, it's uh, it's not a yeah. nice thing to do at all. Let's let's move on, Andrea. I want to talk to you about equipment choice at the moment. It's a, it's a big thing in kiteboarding. How important yeah. is the equipment choice? to you uh, in regards to being at the top of big air kiteboarding right now? Does it really make a difference to you? Yeah, bro, for sure. hundred percent. It's like making all the difference, you know? Choosing the, the best setting is the, I don't know, 70% of your work because you, you need to have your man. Because for example, you know, if you all the time, maybe you go for a session, you switch kite or maybe you switch setting of the kite, uh, it's not good because like all the kites are different, also all the settings are different. So it's like not like all the session, like start kiting again, but like you need to take in time for uh, uh, like taking comfort again with the with the stuff. So you miss time for training and also maybe the stuff not working like yours. So I like always before to go in the water, check my stuff and I know how I leave my stuff. So I like to use always my stuff, my hero. Uh, you know, to set to the bar and like this, I feel perfect and constant, you know, I can always train with same stuff and I know the kite fly and like this, I get better, you know, because I can push my limits because I know really well my kite. If you don't, don't know really well the kite, you will never push your limits. From the outside, people might think that you just get new gear all the time. You don't have to look after it, but I've just seen first hand with you how much you make sure sand's not going into the kite you really do look after yeah, equipment. Bro. tell me about yeah, your favorite yeah, yeah. your favorite what is your favorite setup for big air right now right now Jaime SLS 136 I'm using and then Evo D-Lab and, uh, and Thrustbar yeah okay and sizes yeah. everything up from sizes, uh, sizes my best sizer I think on the Evo are 5, 6 and eight um and then 12 i think i don't like uh in general eh? not only with the evo but with all the kite usually i don't like like half size you know i like yeah. uh for example i don't like so much 10 meter uh, okay. because 
I feel that um, if it's like a bit more wind, you can loop on night perfectly and you don't need 10. And then I feel that when it's light, you don't need 10 because it's too fast. You know, it's not enough on time and it's better than 12. So <laughs> I'm a bit okay. strange on thing. <laughs> I think yeah. like this. Everybody has their preference, especially when the kite sizes come down. My feeling is always the lower the kite size you get, it's easier to have kite numbers that are, you know, one meter increments, yeah. five, six, yeah. seven, they become very close together, the, the, the size. Yeah, then also, bro, the thing is what you want to do, you know, of course, because uh, also the seven, for example, I don't like so much because when it gets really windy, I prefer six and sending double, you know. So the seven then making make not so much sense, you know, because then I have the eight, uh, or not double and it's more stable, you know, because it's eight and uh, the kite is a bit more slow, but still uh, fast for uh, everything, you know, because it's still eight, you can loop it and you have also good on time. So it's perfect mix for me. Yeah, there's also an element to really getting to know yeah. a kite as bro, well. If you have more bro. sizes, you have less time on each one. Yeah, of course. And then also, bro, it's many things for see which is your size, you know, like the weight, uh, uh, yeah, if you like go over power or not, yeah, many things. Let's talk about King of the Air, Andrea. I know this is an entire. I know this is a title that um, would mean yeah. a lot to you. But how how important is it to you? You're a two times world champion. You've ticked off the world championships, the GKA World Championships. How important is it to you to be on the top of the podium at King of the Air one day? Yeah, bro, it's really important, you know. Now I'm focusing on uh, all the training for this, you know. I think it's the big next camp at the end, like the proper one. And I want to arrive there, bro. Uh, I not want to say I go there and I win, you know, because uh, it's never like this. I mean, I, I, I just want to arrive there to my best, just yeah. at my best possible. And then I will try to do my best. But I know that if I arrive there, at the at my top, I, I can do really well, but I need to arrive there at the top, like uh, I was in GK and everything. Yeah, King of the Air last year was obviously a very special year. We had such strong strong wind. We haven't mm -hmm. always had such super strong wind, and it was so yeah. clear to see that even getting through the semi-finals was like finals with that event. And uh, you did manage to get all the way to the final. So I wish you the best of luck <laughs> in doing the same for yeah. the next edition. Yeah, so it was yeah, last year it was an amazing experience. Had to fight with my demons, bro. Honestly, on last year, King of the Air, because it's, mm, it was not easy, you know, bro. Stay, I, I, I broke my ribs like two weeks before and I had to stay oh. on my back uh, three days before King of the Air. I didn't know if and even if I was, was possible for me to do the comp. But then... I still talk, you know, because uh, I fight a bit my demon and then I get into the comp. I I did, I mean, uh, my best at this time. But yeah, this year, this is another thing. Uh, for this year, I need to arrive like in one piece to King of the Air. Because, yeah. I've, if I always, cannot... I've always felt with King of the Air, the biggest challenge is to arrive at that event actually fully fit because you spend so much time... Yeah training to actually be there and be fully fit for the event is very difficult to do yeah especially now man especially now bro because now i have to push a lot uh, hard but not too much to, to get injured you know i need to be smart so 
now when the condition is not the best, uh, I go more easy and everything because I need to arrive there on point. <laughs> Especially, yeah, the, the, the run up to the King of the Air event as well. You think, oh, I need to get some good practice in, in and around the event area yeah. but some riders choose to not kite for two weeks before the event just to stay fit others are going full send two days before the competition but so often in the past i've seen it i've had it myself the ribs injury before that event is not a nice one to go no, with but... so so that i didn't know that that was the case you had that injury and you finished already on the podium and it's so easy to forget andrea that was your first king of the air event you just suddenly see your name now and think you've been in big air forever but that's crazy to think that was your first big air uh, king of the air big air event yeah 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 was first one yeah it was really like emotional you know seeing all the red bull flags and everything it's like a dream man i was dreaming to go in this camp since i was 10 years old maybe or nine so you know you arrive there and and you say yeah, i made it you know dream complete how do you find yeah. south africa Andre, do you enjoy being in the country? Is it a good place for you to, to spend time away from Europe and train? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. I really love Cape Town, uh, especially man condition, you know. It's like a place that um, are different condition from all the world because it's not so easy to get kicker on left and constant wind and strong uh, uh, side wind, I mean. Uh, because like uh, almost in all the Europe, we have like or offshore window or no kicker or chop, you know. So it's good to see other playground and also like it's quite uh, different, you know, South Africa. It's like many animal. Uh, so I really enjoyed honestly South Africa because I saw it something new, and I spend a really good time on the water also, like training on this condition, gets the adrenaline on, and this is what I'm looking for. Everyone loves to be out in South Africa for longer periods than just a couple of weeks as well, including your parents that I believe have been out there yeah. at some point too. Now, let's talk about your parents as well, because they're an important part to how you've grown up and the support they give you. What what roles do your parents play during competitions? Yeah, man, my parents help me a lot, eh? like really a lot, like uh, strategy, kite to use and everything. Then, wow. of course, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Because also my mom and my dad kiting, so they're really appassionate of this sport since beginning. They put me on on this sport, so yeah, they know it. They know it, and also it's like quite good, like feeling you know have your parents there with you, support you. You know, I think it's not a chance that everyone can have it. You know, it's nothing better to stay with your family somewhere and try your dream. Uh, uh with some people that you really love it you know uh, and, yeah. and, let, and let's talk a bit further back about the start as well it's uh, am i right in saying that they have a their own kite center or water sports center uh at your hometown in italy yeah yeah I, yeah my mom has a school where i like uh, start kiting uh in my home spot that is in tuscany close to between like tulivorn and pisa on the on the sea and sometimes get there, sometimes get really windy. So I had some, so when I was like, when I was start kiting, that still I was not traveling and everything, you know, I had to arrange uh, for how the wind was. So yeah, it was not so easy to get 
good on loop and everything because one was not so windy, but I was using the day some sometimes in Italy get some storm in winter, so I was kiting something with forty, fifty knots on four meter Evo man. It was wow. uh, <laughs> when I was still with four. <laughs> That's important that your home spot provides those conditions. I, I've also grown up somewhere where even before I kiteboarded, the wind was very um, noticeable as a young child. It, it can blow 40, 50, 60 knots. And that's, that's re I really feel that's an important part of big air that you grow up with this being your home as well. That makes it really special that you still get sessions like that. Man, when you when you see all day the forecast for waiting the day with forty knots, you know that this is your sport, you know. And for me, it was like this, man. Sometimes in winter with five degrees, I was wake up at I don't know six o'clock when it was still night for be on the water at seven with five degrees. Uh, so <laughs> good yeah, time to remember. That's special. And then, I mean, I'm always asked where my favorite spot is in the world. And it's so easy for me to number one, always put my home because it gave me the love for that strength of wind and the sessions like you just described where you're waking up in the dark still. They're, they're the sessions which you attribute to when you're first getting into the sport and amazed by big air and a strong winds. And if they happen on your home beach, that that yeah. love for your home that, and that appreciation for it giving you that opportunity never, never finishes bro i have water in all my home man <laughs> oh no <laughs> is it terrible we'll be done in 10 minutes okay i just turn it around and i saw it like i don't know two centimeter of water uh, in the oh, kitchen okay yeah. we, we did 10 minutes yeah. okay then you need to oh, no, no problem. <laughs> i can't believe it right um <laughs> Andrea, you've spent a lot of time out in Greece lately down at the Duotone Pro Center in Mykonos. Tell me, why is it such a good place for you to go? Bro, yes, I find really good place because, man, it's wind whole day, you know, like whole day uh, when it's more, when it's less, but pretty pretty like windy whole day. So like this, I can really choose when I when I went to train in the water and went to train in the gym and I'm easy, you know, because like in some place, I really don't know if it's get really windy at one point or not, because I not trust really the forecast in some place, but here, yes, because I know that it's windy and I'm chill with me, you know, I can take my time and everything because, you know, when it's windy, it's windy, you can't like, uh, uh, feeling because you need to get the wind not during infinity but here it looks like that the wind is infinity like <laughs> consistent isn't it i know the spot also this uh this summer yeah. i've been twice and yeah. i know lots of the top riders are coming it's a very uplifting strong dense wind out in mykonos it's everything's easy the airport is closed the what is it like yeah. having a duotone pro center there to support you does that make e things easier for you as a duotone yeah. rider much better, bro. Much better. I really love uh, the, this Duoton Pro Center, but in general, I hold the Duoton Center because I have some problem. Uh, I go there, I'm staying with the guy, you know, but also, man, I have some problem. I fixed it with the, with the Duoton Pro Center. They help me or, yeah, whatever. It's always some, some help more that you always need, you know, for, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. Big thanks to Alex and Anna out there at DPC Mykonos as well. How do you manage, Andrea, how do you manage to follow the wind? 
checking forecasts, booking flights, things like that. What's your strategy for following the wind? <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm just uh, following the the wind. When I see proper forecast somewhere, uh, I go, you know, like, uh, uh, because I have two, you know. Uh, it's quite hard, like, doing bigger, because right now, especially because you need to be on the water when, like, two years ago, maybe it was even not kiting. We were even not kiting because it was too much wind, but now we send people on this wind. So I need to stay on the forecast, and when I see proper forecast like this to go, like, because I'm here now for this thing. Like, three days ago, here was Newkey, and I came here. Now I just stay because it's no wind like in Europe and here it's windy and I stay here. But maybe tomorrow I see forecast better uh, than Spain and I go in Spain. It's like this. Let's talk about the triple. We've got to talk about this. You completed the first uh, triple contra loop just a couple of days ago in Mykonos. Was this a trick that you had uh, planned? Yeah. Yeah, 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 bro. I was uh, I already land one like one month ago here, but I was without video, so I wanted to land again. Um, but this one for sure was much higher than the one that I did before. Uh, was really nuking three days ago, and also had time to train some other stuff with triple. And yeah, man, and I just want to keep keep pushing on triple and this stuff snake loop. Uh, because again, man, so much ad- adrenaline from this trip, bro. I free falling for like ten meters at least, and whew, when the kite catch you after triple, man, is nothing better than this feeling. So, <laughs> <laughs> how high, how high do you have to go for a triple, realistically? Uh, at least, bro, at least uh, fifteen meter. When you. Be- at least, bro, and if you do triple at 50 meters, you, ne- you need to get a uh, good gust, you know, like lifty gust. If not, uh, it's quite tricky. I think for stay chill, uh, like, and sending properly, 20 meters is perfect. Like, 20 meters, you are I, I heard that you went up to 30 meters nearly on a six that day or a five. As yeah. Well. yeah, 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 man, was nuking. In choppy water and um, on shore wind, I get on 30 meters so is yeah it's a lot i think on choppy water i mean on this condition i think if i was on kicker i was jumper at least uh, seven eight meter higher for sure on kicker wow okay it really does make a difference having that wave to jump off yeah also yeah yeah, yeah. but here you you still jump really high you know because the wind is really lifty but of course, a spot with kicker or maybe really flat water help more than jump on the on the choppy. This yeah. is sure. You ride around that Mykonos Bay, searching desperately, don't you, for that perfect place to take off? And you can almost, <laughs> yeah, almost you almost find it sometimes where you think this is this is it. But it's so it's onshore, and it, you're never going to find that perfect kicker. But I don't know about you, Andrea, but. Have you ever gone on Google Maps and tried all around the island to find where the cross shore spot is in Mykonos? It's impossible. It's impossible. I went also like under some island uh, around to uh, I find some uh, flat water spot, but the wind is just so gusty, bro. You can do nothing because the wind is too gusty. So I say just it's the only way kind of. You just can't do it. Yeah. Your role, your role on the duo tone team, Andrea, is going to. We got two more questions, okay? You joined the duo tone young blood program, which has helped you on your journey to become a yeah. top, 
a top athlete, Andrea. What was it like being on the, the Young Bud program, which is Duotone's um, amazing program where we bring young talent yeah. into, into the brand and hopefully give them a platform to make it? You've experienced being on the Young Bud program. What, what was it like? The Young Blood program of Duotone helped me a lot. Uh, I did it uh, last summer, uh, also a camp in Egypt, and especially this one helped me a lot on the, like, on the shooting, uh, or like uh, also do a post on Instagram about uh, everything helped me a lot, you know. Uh, now I know many things more that I can use it uh, like on my work, but also on my normal life, and yeah. Uh, it's good to have like inspiration uh, from this camp and everything. Uh, they put you online to then for your future and everything. So yeah, thanks to us. It's great to uh, to see how well you've done since having that experience where we send a lot of our top pro riders to work with young people, ride yeah. with them, yeah. experience with uh, photo shootings and, and things like this. And you've come through that so quickly actually and so well. It's it really been wonderful to connect with you today. Andrea, and so we're going to finish the podcast now because I think you're quite busy over there in Mykonos. Thank <laughs> you for joining us, Andrea Principi. Thank you much, brother, for uh, yeah, for this call. It was amazing, and yeah, man, we keep in touch. We're going to send you, Andrea. Tell, can you do me a favor and send me a picture of what I want to see? What you're looking at with the water? Yeah, I really want to see. I feel so bad for you. I don't know how you dealt with this podcast with all of that going on that's a big deal yeah.